Due to adult language and content, this episode is intended for a mature audience. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today, we are going to a place where one woman applies introspection to all aspects of her life, allowing her to live with more vitality and better health. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of common sense consciousness. We are searching for Sahara Lee, a soul alchemist. She helps people turn their shit into gold. Is that you? Hi, you found me. Yay, thank you so much for inviting us to this very fascinating place. And we all want to learn more about common sense consciousness. Awesome. That is super exciting. This land might seem daunting at first, but once you get to know it, it is common sense. (laughs) All right. Well, don't we all know that common sense ain't so common? So maybe this is why we don't know about this place. So that's why we're here today. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, common sense is not so common and it's, it, I think it's a lack of awareness, lack of self-awareness in general. And that is what we promote here in the land of common sense consciousness. We help people or I help people get in touch with who they are and what is theirs and what is not theirs. What is either been imposed upon them by their family, by their ancestors, by their heritage, their country, their church, everything, um, kind of clear all that stuff away so that they can get really connected to who they are and move about the cabin freely. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds really good. I'm sure a lot of us could use that help. So can you tell us exactly what is? So it's a mixture. So how I find this kind of still point within myself and in within clients is through Ayurvedic medicine and also energy healings. Um, The Ayurvedic aspect is the five element theory. So if you're not familiar with Ayurvedic medicine, it is very similar to Chinese medicine. Essentially, when both places were colonized, the the natural medicine, the -hmm. the traditional medicine um, had to go underground. And when it came, was birthed forward again, um, certain elements were kind of lost along the way. Um, So while Chinese medicine is very heavy, obviously, in needling and very, very heavy in its herbs, 
Ayurvedic medicine is a little bit more focused on food. There is a medicinal, herbal medicinal aspect, but it is um, it is much it's much more in the light aspect um, as far as what I have studied, um, and it's heavy on the body work, not so much on the needling but on the body work. So there's a lot of massage involved. There's a lot of steaming and sweating and oil and oilination of every orifice you could imagine, literally every orifice on the human body. Uh, we, we put something in it <laughs> to bring about balance. Um, yeah. So, so I work with people to essentially understand that my equation of elements is completely different than your equation of elements is completely different than the person next to you, even twins will have completely different constitutions. Mm, So when we talk about a constitution in Ayurveda, we talk about them as doshas. Mm -hmm. And there are three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. And those get separated into the five elements. So we've got vata, which is air and ether. So air you can think of as wind, Ether is space. It's like the container. Um, and then you, you can sub break that down, which I won't bore you with, but everything has qualities to it. So it might be like light or dry or rough if we're looking in the, uh, in the Vata category. Um, and then Pitta is fire and water. And so Vata had like had its own two elements, but you'll notice here with Pitta and with Kapha, they share an element of water. So I like to describe pitta as you can have so much fire that you dry up your water or so much water that you put out your fire. So within each and every one of these categories, we have to be very um, gentle, shall we say. Um, And then if you move on to kapha, it is water and earth. So you can have so much water, you flood your earth or so much earth that you dam up your water. So even with just that little bit of knowledge of yourself, like, okay, I have, you know, really high fire. Um, I'm really dry. I don't have a lot of water, but I have a lot of earth or density. You can start to say, okay, well, bread might not be a great idea for me because it's, it's heavy and it can be kind of dry and dense. Um, it's the carbohydrates, the sugars that are fire. So it's going to take the things that I already innately am and it's going to augment them. So I'm going to become more hot, more dry, more dense and going, okay, well, how do I balance that out? Well, what about cucumbers? Cucumbers are like really wet and cooling or watermelon. So you can start to look at your food based in that. Um, But then the whole common sense aspect of it comes from, well, this isn't just my food. If I'm made up of these elements and my friend is made up of these elements, so say I have three friends and they're all a different equation, I have the ability to be empowered to know who to call when I'm angry and I want someone to jump in on the anger train with me. Or when I'm angry and I want someone to help cool me down mm-hmm. or when I'm angry and I need to be distracted or when I'm angry and I need to be loved. And it's, it's an amazing way to understand how to meet our own needs by looking at the world around us and going, 
this is, this is what I have going on right now. This is what I need to balance me right now. How do I get that need met through food, friends, clothing, the way you drive to work in the morning, the music you listen to, um, the type of underwear you wear, like is today, is today a G-string day or is today a grandma panty day? And that makes a difference when you have intention. When you go, I need to feel like safe and warm and cozy. I'm going to put my granny panties on. I'm just going to get all loved up and this, and then I'm going to put a big like dress on and nobody's going to know I have granny panties <laughs> and I must feel good today. And, um, I don't think that we are aligned naturally in society these days anymore to ask ourselves those questions and then to meet our own needs in that way. Got it. Got it. Thank you for painting a well-rounded picture of that. I guess my question for you would be, you know, for people listening, I mean, we have done an episode, a kind of introduction of Ayurveda. So if people are listening and they're thinking, well, where are they at? Let's say, okay, I get frustrated. Let's say someone's just like, I'm frustrated. How would that, let's say in the middle of the day, something really triggers somebody and they get frustrated. Would they want to look at their food that they're eating? Would they want to look at, or is it, is it more of what's triggering it or how do I handle my anger? So the question here, I think is more, how do you want to resolve this issue of anger? So is it something that you need, like you are helpless in it? You are just going with the flow. The wave has caught you and you got to ride it out. And how do you ride it out in the most happy fashion? Um, is it you need to harness that anger and use it to clearly dictate the situation to the appropriate person? Um, or do you need to fix the problem? So it, it is... Um, I mean, you could do it with food, you can do it with breath, but it, it is first and foremost, a pause. Okay. Because no decision ever <laughs> is usually a great decision when, um, when you are under stress to make it split seconds. Uh -huh. um, you know, there's always a, a moment of pause and reflection. And that is a big part of what I'm teaching people is, is introspection, is stopping for a second taking a deep breath and going like going inside, checking in with yourself and going, okay, how do I feel? What do I need? So if mm -hmm. I need to, to take action and fix the situation, then I need to, um, stay focused. So I wouldn't want to bring in someone who's very airy fairy scattered while they're amazing multitaskers. Um, if this needs to get done now, they're not going to be great. However, if this needs to be done creatively, <laughs> like we need to MacGyver this, pull in that airy fairy person and go, Hey, I have this crazy situation that I need. I don't even know what the answer is. And they're the like creative daydreamers. And they'll just go, what if, <laughs> and they'll come up with the best duct tape possible. Um, but, you know, and then if you've got, you, you look at somebody who's kapha in that situation, you don't want to bring them in because they're going to, they're going to slow the situation. They're going to need all that safety and security. So if you need safety and security, call them in. 
if we needed this to be grounded and stable and safe and no loopholes, call them. But if I need to just get it done, that Kafa person is going to be like, I, I've got questions. I have concerns. I'm worried. So learning how to read a room, learning how to read people. Um, if I need to live with this fire, then I need to know, you know, what, how do I cool myself off? Mm-hmm. Do I go for a walk outside? Do I take the stairs down to the lobby and back up to burn off some of that fire? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is really a moment to moment situational thing that once, once you know yourself, you can be super empowered <laughs> to make those decisions. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, um, you know, you obviously have been living this way. It sounds like you get to know more about yourself, pay attention to yourself, but also everyone around you. You could, if you start to understand how you tick and you understand how your colleague or coworker or spouse, um, and that way you have better relationships, obviously with yourself and then others. So that's really fascinating. Um, how did you come to the land of conscious consciousness oh common sense see it's not so common i can't even say it common sense consciousness how did you get there oh it's been a journey i started um my ayurveda journey uh, back in like 2005 or something like that i was just doing a yoga training and it was part of the yoga training they had a weekend of ayurveda and i did a consultation with the woman who came in to teach and it changed my life within a week. Wow. My, I went, I'm a pitta. So I was like, give me all the things. I want all of it. And I made all the life changes literally overnight because that's what I'm capable of doing. Not everybody wants to do that. No. <laughs> um, and within a week, my husband at the time was like, you are so much easier to live with. And I just, I felt less crazy. I felt less polarized within myself. And my head was more clear. Um, I, was, I was more clear in the way I spoke. Um, and I saw also when I went into Ayurvedic medicine, when I worked with him on it, I had such a deeper understanding of him as a human that it actually alleviated about 50% of the conflict in our relationship. Wow. Because, yeah, because it wasn't me going, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? Him going, I don't care. And me thinking he's being a dick. You know, like, just make a decision. (laughs) My pizza, again, just make a decision. I recognized that that was his kapha that didn't care. He genuinely did not care. And through that, I could go, oh, I can make the decision. Or I could come to the recognition that I needed a need met. And I could say to him, what I need from you tonight is for you to make the decision on this. Yeah. And then he could make a different approach. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then it was, I actually wasn't this whole common sense consciousness idea didn't really come about until, um, I was at a Vipassana meditation and my roommate during the whole 10 days, I told her a little bit about Ayurveda before we went silent. She ruminated on this for 10 days and then like exploded (laughs) like verbal diarrhea on me when I finished. And she worked in the liquor industry. 
And she was just like, can you do this with alcohol? I said, you can do it with anything. So she gave me the idea of writing a book on it. And probably about a year later, year and a half later, something like that, uh, Mm -hmm. the conscious alcoholic was born. And I swear it wrote itself through me. And I came to so much understanding as I was writing it, where it was just like, man, you can apply this to everything in your life. And if you, you how you surf, every, <laughs> you, what cl- clothes you wear, everything, you know, granny panties or G-string. And, and I just started to really look at the world through that lens and think mm-hmm. to myself, like, if I just wake up in the morning and go, hands on the heart, eyes closed, deep breath, where am I today? <laughs> and what do I need? Mm-hmm. And then I make my choices based off of that. Okay. That's really fascinating. And so since you have now, you know, figured out the terminology of this world you're living in, the land you're in, um, how has life been for you? I mean, it's, it sounds like it's improved your relationships and it's becoming clear as you want to teach other people and even write a book. Um, how would you say you're living now compared to before this concept? Common sensually. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so innate to me now that, mm-hmm. that, I, so I traveled the world from like 2013 until 2017, pretty much nonstop. Um, and think a thing that was said to me over and over and over was, I'm amazed at how imbalanced and healthy you stay while traveling because I'm eating different food all the time, different places, different climates. And I was perplexed, totally perplexed by this comment that was given to me over and over and over. Cause I'm like, you know, I just ate McDonald's yesterday, right? (laughs) But they were seeing that I automatically like, oh, I ate McDonald's or, you know, I ate greasy fast food. So the next day I, you know, I'd make a point to somehow put vinegar into my system, um, to help cleanse that stuff out. And it it just became such an unconscious thing. Like I crave ice cream all the time. Mm -hmm. I love, I would literally live on ice cream if I could. (laughs) That's my rule when I go to Italy, gelato every day. That's every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it's horrible for my constitution. I am a vata cold pitta hot. So I get really cold easy and I get really hot easy, but sugar is heat. So it spikes my fire. Obviously ice cream is cold. So it makes me innately cold. Um, dairy is cold in nature and also at the same time spikes your sugar. So it spikes mm-hmm. like your are near fire and it, it thickens your kapha in a negative way. So what I do is I usually will only eat ice cream in a hot climate or if, you know, I'm in New York where I am right now in the winter or Sweden where I was all this past winter, um, I eat it in the bathtub. <laughs> in, in the bathtub without water or just, yeah, just while taking just, a bath? Just, just me in the bathtub with the water eating ice cream. No, like I make a hot bath and I get in the tub and it helps me because I crave that heat. So I always make my tub super hot. 
Okay. okay. But it, if I'm in there for three minutes and I'm like, I'm overheating, God help me, I'm overheating. And then it just becomes, I'm not relaxed in the bath because I'm heating and cooling my bath for the entire time. Mm-hmm. But if I get in the tub and I eat my ice cream, it, it cools me down, but it warms me. You know, it's like this very symbiotic relationship that yeah. happens. Yeah. And then usually I'll drink ginger tea because ginger will help flush that out of your system. Um, it's a febrifuge, so it spreads your heat. It doesn't let your heat spike straight up. It, it permeates your tissue a little bit more. Um, and it's just stuff like that super innate to me. So it's like, if it's really cold out, I will never eat ice cream. Right, right. Like that sense of time. So it sounds like, okay, if people are listening, they're like, oh, you know what? There are foods I love and I don't ever want to give up if I, if it's possible. So you're saying maybe, maybe I'm guessing like if someone has a reaction to food that they love, maybe if it's like they understand their body more, it's like, what could they also ingest to support the food that they want to eat and take care of themselves that way. So they're supported with the food that they need to process that isn't always easy to process. Yeah. I don't have any, yeah, I have no, when I make, and this is, was brilliant. When I studied Ayurveda, my teacher was like, I have a huge piece of paper of all these yeses. And then in the center, there's this little section that just says no N or K N O W Mm -hmm. to avoid. You know to avoid it when possible, but I, I'm not going to, even when I was in India, I did my internship in India at an Ayurvedic hospital. And after I finished my internship, I ended up staying and doing a 28 day Panchakarma. And it was right in the beginning of the Panchakarma that um, I was doing what's called Snehapana. And it's, it, you drink medicated ghee every morning. And it says in the textbooks, until you vomit upon sight of it. <laughs> Some people it's, are like the first time you drink it. No, I don't know. It's, it's horrible. It is, it is the worst thing I've ever experienced, but I've Ugh. never felt better after I did it. Like it was life-changing. But when you're in it, you, I shit myself in the middle of it because India, they don't give you guidance. And I thought it was a fart. It was not. <laughs> So the point I'm getting to here is completely uh sidetracked into pooping in my pants Um, (laughs) is that during this time you only eat, if you're hungry at all, you only eat rice kanji. So it's like a very thin rice soup. And I love cake. And someone had a birthday and I was real sad because I wasn't going to eat cake. And the doctor at the hospital put my whole program on pause for a day. And he was just like, the sadness you would be consuming from not eating the cake, from being at a party, a celebration of someone's birthday and everybody around you is eating your favorite cake. That sadness is going to be more detrimental to you than breaking this fast. Mm. So have your damn cake don't poop your pants tomorrow. <laughs> and did you? I had my cake. I didn't poop my pants. Yeah, I know. Okay. So you can have your cake and not poop your pants too. Okay. So we're going off on tangents, but you brought up a, a beautiful message that you don't hear very often, which is 
to me, it's like, what's super important to someone? What are your priorities? And, and I, especially, you know, we've done a lot of episodes where we talk about food and just like the challenges of like weight gain and things like that. And it's just like, you know, black and white, but when you look at it this way, at least the way the doctor was looking at it with you, it's just like, what is the value of this? And the fact that it was so organically arranged specifically for you and what your needs were for just even showing like, okay, this is very important, celebrating a birthday. And then we will continue with the cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something I learned in Ayurveda school too, because I did Ayurveda school in California and we did, it was a clinical Ayurveda school. So we saw clients every single day while we were, you know, it's theory in the morning clients in the afternoon. So we had clients, they, it's California, there's boob jobs, there's people that drink a lot of wine, there's, you know, people who smoke marijuana, there's a lot of caffeine. Um, And that was something we talked about, like, well, how do we deal with someone who's had plastic surgery elementally when they have this additional thing in their body? Um, How do we work the tissue of the breast? How do we work that lymph, that whole lymph system? Um, so that was a very open and honest conversation that we had a lot. And from traveling the world, the thing that I've noticed the most is the cultures that have the biggest sense of shame and guilt are the most unhealthy. <laughs> well, yeah, that would not be a surprise at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, how, how can you be French? You smoke like three packs of cigarettes a day. You drink a bottle of wine a day. You eat tons of cheese, the bread and pasta. And they're some of the healthiest people in the world. They're living the longest. The Italians yeah. are the same thing. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, gelato might be the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be. <laughs> but they're, they're not consuming the shame. They're not consuming the guilt that we have here. Wow. That is, that is such a powerful statement. And uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that really is gives us something to think about. Uh, the way our culture is. We've talked about cultural uh, uh, diseases before in this show and just knowing that, you know, again, awareness of ourselves, awareness of the people around us and awareness of our culture, whether it's like our home, like you said, you brought up the church. Um, Yeah. Your belief systems, all of that. So it's just, you know, is everything serving you? I think that's all it is. Like how can this all serve you? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. that's what I gather. That's the information I gather for people through the energy work aspects of what I do. You know, it's it's like, I have this program that's 30 days to mindfulness and it's just one little thing that you do every single day to help you become more aware of what's yours and what's not yours. Mm -hmm. So something like, am I an over and under as far as toilet paper is concerned? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's, that's very practical. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and why, 
And, and they, uh, is it because my parents did it that way? Or is it because like, there's tons of shame on social media. If you're an under person, <laughs> you know? please tell me that's not true. <laughs> well, no, but I, like I see that all the time. Like people, that's all, it's a joke and a meme that I see go around all the time. Oh, okay. Like, over yeah. is the right way. And it's a, it's a, it's a thing that people talk about. That's a joke, but it's still at the same time. Like I'm an under person. Uh-huh. That's the way I like it. I don't know. Um, but you know, I had to come about oftentimes I see that meme and I'm like, I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I like it that way because I like it that way, not because somebody else did it that way. Um, you know, do you keep your your ketchup in the fridge or on the counter? It doesn't need to be refrigerated necessarily. Things like mm-hmm. that. Um mm-hmm small little things that we do unconsciously every day that we don't recognize that might not be ours. Um, so I love that. And that's like a free program on my website that people can just go and download um, to help them get more clear on who they are and, and what they want and <laughs> how they feel. Um, yeah, because, because we're so often played um, what did I say the other day? I was, I, I, I said life is a lot like Stockholm syndrome. Um, <laughs> because we, we, we put ourselves in this prison. We've hijacked, we've allowed the outside world to hijack our brains. Mm-hmm. And then we've chosen to stay there. And it's, and society isn't super keen on people breaking out of that self-imposed prison, it becomes, because it it triggers other people, you know, who might not be ready to change. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the biggest things you see. It's like when you start to do personal development and you start to question why you do things, you will lose people in your life because your freedom intimidates other people and it threatens their imprisonment. And that's gonna make people uncomfortable. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So with your 30 day, this is 30 days of mindfulness. Is that what it is? 30 days to mindfulness. To mindfulness. Okay. So who would you recommend, like who would this, who would be a perfect candidate for uh, this trial? Anybody that's curious about themselves. Um, this is, this is essentially just a very simple roadmap to get to know yourself better. It's like a first date kind of (laughs) (laughs) with yourself on simple things. Like I talked about, like, do you like this toilet paper over or under and why? Mm. Yeah, we do so many things and we don't know why. I mean, uh, me personally, it's funny. Um, if anybody's ever dated somebody from a different culture, I've never been asked so many questions of why I do things the way they do or why the world or the United States. And it's like, well, until you're questioned on it, you're just like, I don't have an answer. This is just what I know, you know, until you realize that things are just not everything is the same way everywhere. And why does it exist that way? So that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being curious about the internal world, you know, it's like, it's fun to go out and experience other cultures, but it, it's a freaking trip to go in and explore this internal culture. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> They're both <laughs> big adventures for sure. <laughs> so let me ask you for people that you work with now, you take them through, they can do that trial, uh, the 30 days test and then um, the other services. So what have you found? Cause you've told us what it does for you. What have you sound as an example uh, for other people? Do you have like a 
a kind of an example of a client that you've worked with that you're taking through this common sense consciousness? So COVID kind of changed everything mm-hmm. and <laughs> so many ways. Um, and I've changed my programs through that um, to fit the world. Um, so I have two clients that actually changed the way I work. One of them, I was in Sweden and they were in California. And, and I took them through a program via text message, essentially, um, because we could never like, she's a mother of four, um, a private chef. She was homeschooling. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then she became pregnant um, at the same time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it was like, it was a totally different way of working for me. So, but it, it was very cool to be able to do that with, with them. And it, I like to meet people where they are and not try to be like, this is how we have to work. No, we can work. However you need me to work with you. Nice. And, and I feel like that in and of itself frees a lot of people to, they feel already empowered as opposed to like this thing that I've decided to do that I know is good for me is gonna, you know, it becomes almost like a drag sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so when it is this thing, that's like, if this isn't working, let me know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, this, you know, it was always this back and forth of texting and, and being like, okay, these are the things I think, let me know what works. And then getting a text message back that like this and this worked and this didn't work. And just this constant changing of things. And she really benefited from, from that flexibility because obviously she had her plate incredibly full. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's amazing that you're able to do this via text message. Yeah. yeah. And you're also in different time zones. So yeah, that's wow. Yeah. And that's the thing, like for years, Ayurveda, people are like, well, no, I want to be seen in person and I want you to take my pulse. And in honest, in all honesty, when I take someone's pulse, I'm just clarifying any questions I have or confirming things. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the way someone talks. I'm looking at their face, um, the cadence of the way they speak. So, you know, we did a lot of like WhatsApp voice messages back and forth. So I could listen to her voice, see a picture on Facebook. So there's a lot of things that... I don't need to have you in person. And then I have like a 30 question questionnaire that you fill out that is super in depth that I get a ton of information. And then from there, I have questions. I write down all my questions. And normally I do a 30 minute call with somebody. But in this case, I just sent her the questions. And when she had the time, she answered them one by one. So it was a longer process, Uh um, which gave a ton of room and flexibility also to be able to make, make changes and adjustments. Um, And then I had another client that came in for Ayurveda. um, And then it became very clear that a lot of the situation was belief work. It was trauma. And when we, so we ended up instead of doing like accountability calls where, where I would alter um, their program, uh, we did energy clearing sessions and I was like, I don't want to touch your food at all right now. There's trauma there. I don't want to throw you into more trauma. Let's work on this. So we put all of the, the um, 
set the kind of what would have been accountability calls into um, energy clearing sessions. And we fixed it that way. Nice. And then I could go in and do the Ayurveda aspect. And that was super cool because it inspired me from a perspective of I do all of these things and I love to be integrated. I'm like, let's do all the things. And some people want that and some people don't. So I, mm-hmm. I created the, the um, deep dive program for people that want to do all the things, you know, I want to, they get like five hour long sessions. Do you want to do physiotherapy? Do you want to do yoga? Do you want to do feng shui? Do you want to do energy work? Do you want to work on manifestation? What do you, <laughs> what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that people can work on all different avenues. And that was what really worked for her was let's, you know, let's do all of this belief work and clear out this trauma so that we can go into the Ayurveda aspect and start to work on your food. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So even like, uh, you, you know, meeting them where they're at and not just meeting them where they're at, but adapting your work that's going to best support them in, in all the ways. And those are two very different cases. So I like how you painted a picture for that. So anybody listening, if this is of interest of you and you want to go further than just the self-study, um, there's ways that you can work with them. And I think that's that's fantastic, especially with, you know, we're still in the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, there's support, there's support here for that. And Absolutely. yes, yes. And what's, so if people are interested in doing any of this work with you, how can they reach you? Everything is reachable through my website, holisticmojo.com. Um, I've got an Etsy shop. I've got Instagram. I've got Facebook. I've got a YouTube channel. <laughs> I've got all nice. the things. Okay. So if you, yeah. If you go to my website, it's like the upper right-hand corner. There's all those little um, dots, icons, whatever they're called. Um, and those will all take you to, to all the places. Um, all the information on the, the programs that I offer are there. The 30 days to mindfulness link is there. Um, there, I have a monthly membership where you get to do my, my weekly live yoga classes and mm-hmm. you get all the playbacks of that. And then you also get three additional, like me talking a month where I do one for mind, one for body, one for spirit. And it's just ways to increase connection to yourself and tools to help you live a healthier and easier life. I just want to make things easy for people. We've got this universal belief that life needs to be hard and it's like no <laughs> can yeah. be so easy. that sounds wonderful i'm sure everybody was like yeah sign me up i want to <laughs> have an easier life please yes definitely yeah that's fantastic i want to know um God, you have so many ways that you can work with people so if you're listening all you have to do is go to holistic mojo holistic mojo.com um so when you were talking about the food, is there, do you also have ways people can test uh, which uh, dosha they are and, and kind of make things, is that part of the 30 day trial? That's not part of the 30 days to mindfulness, but that's part of the Ayurveda programs. Okay. And then you can also, there is a section on my website. If you go to the Ayurveda section, it mm-hmm. talks about, there's like a new to Ayurveda link that will take you to an article um, that's pretty in depth on Ayurveda. Um, but if you want to do a test, you can buy my book. It's in the, te- it's in the book. Um, and also so what's my the name of your book? page, you can download, I think it, the conscious alcoholic, the conscious alcoholic. Okay. So I am curious about this book. Now, 
who would be uh, a good candidate for reading this book? Is it all about um, alcohol or is this, what is it about? No, it's actually only one part about alcohol. Um, The first part is all five element theory Mm -hmm. and it's got the dosha test in it. Uh, The second part is all plant medicine. So everything, every ingredient that I use in the third part, which is holistic cocktails, healthy cocktails, essentially, um, Mm -hmm. every ingredient in the book is outlined what it's good for, if it spikes vata, pitta, kapha, what it balances, all that jazz. Um, yeah, and then the third part is holistic cocktails broken down into the five spirits. Um, I think there's like five, five spirits, five cocktails for each. And a lot of them are prebiotic. Um, and in the beginning of the book, I talk about intention. And if you're going to go out and have a cocktail sitting down at the bar and taking into account, is it, you know, is it a really loud, full bar? I probably shouldn't have bubbles, especially if I've had a stressful day, because that's just going to, that's going to take me further out into the stratosphere of stress. Mm. Um, You know, let's have a whiskey, let's have a wine, let's have something that's heavy and grounding. Um, So that's something that go, that I go over. It is again, intention and awareness. Mm -hmm. And awareness. Yeah. Yeah. You can make better decisions. Even like, if you're going to poison yourself, pick the best possible (laughs) poison. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. This is, this is very eye opening, and I'm sure people listening are just like, wow, there's just so many ways. And, you know, I I like that you did this book because you talked about shame. You talked about how a lot of cultures that have a lot of shame um, are very unhealthy and, you know, uh, raise your hand, anybody, if you think, oh, don't drink alcohol because that's not good for your health. And so of course you're going to drink some alcohol because a lot of people do. And then you probably subconsciously are feeling shame for having alcohol. And it's more of, I, I like that example again. It's like, well, the cake was super important to you. So you can have that today and then continue on with your cleanse. So I think it's like finding that balance and just taking care of yourself and supporting yourself and not putting the shame with it. That's such a huge thing. Yeah. And if you think about it, like a lot of these ancient practices that, that are very mainstream today, you know, yoga and spirituality, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, these things are 5,000 plus years old. Mm -hmm. Those people were not dealing with any of the issues that we're dealing with today. Right. Right. (laughs) Like how you can't, you can draw from this, these ancient practices, but you can't, you cannot live within them. Mm-hmm. comfortably. And I don't think happily either. I mean, I see a lot of really unhappy people in the spiritual world. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do is they're trying to fit into a box that just doesn't, it's outdated. It doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you take these spiritual practices um, and cookie cutter them into Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the social media, the, the world we live driving cars, yeah. Flying across the world. Yeah. 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 It's just very different than it was 5,000 years ago. Um, (laughs) Very different. And all of these things, again, were written by man. Like they're meant to be taken as a guide. It sounds like in the end, it's like you found a way to one, modernize and adapt to what we are experiencing today. All these elements that we're going through and just, and everyone is so different. So it's the fact that you're able to bring that is, is pretty wonderful. Nice. Yeah. I, I think it's a great way to, 
teach people to find more peace in their lives. Mm. Who doesn't want that? More peace, less shame, and more ease. Okay. Well, Sahara, thank you so much for bringing us here to this land of conscious common sense <laughs> common consciousness. Sense consciousness. <laughs> I will say that again. Common sense consciousness. Yes. I'm going to say that one more time. Common sense consciousness. Thank you so much for bringing us here. Very eye-opening. Um, and now if anybody wants to learn more, work with you, Holistic Mojo, check it out. And you also have your book, which is The Conscious Alcoholic. So it's not just about the alcohol, but other elements that'll help you too. So you have plenty of resources here for people and that's fantastic. And I thank you so much for showing us this land, this very exciting land that in the modern day time, I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for visiting. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShetler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.